all the answers. Hey everybody, Ben here. Welcome to the second half of our Q&A podcast. Hope you enjoyed the last one. This one is a little bit more industry-focused, career-focused, etc. Enjoy, and remember, send any of those questions that you have into the email that's in the show notes. Thanks. The first question that I have is, we as the Canadian region have been through so many changes over the past recent years anyways. On that note, why have you stayed with Jacob so long? If I think back over all of this time, it's you know, it, it's certainly not that there haven't been enough disruptions or things going on outside of the business that would would possibly create those types of opportunities or interests. When I think about it, the things that have kept me in the company um, are the people I get to work with within the team. I, I feel like I've got a bond with this group that is something that feels like home, and and I feel certainly attached to the people and the success of the people. And then beyond that, you know, as we went through the acquisition, I sort of came to realize that the direction that Jacobs was heading in was one that I was excited about. And that was only confirmed when Steve announced the sale of our uh, oil, gas and resources business. As surprising as that may be, given that I that I came from that world, I feel like that move to focus in on the infrastructure business and that market rather than the real bouncy uh, markets in oil and gas and in mining just cemented my thinking around the future of the business. And, And now as I see us continuing to evolve as an organization and, and becoming more focused on intelligent solutions and bringing something entirely different onto the playing field than what we ever have before or what we're seeing our competition doing, it just gets even more exciting for that future. So, you know, I, I it may sound a little corporate-y, it may sound a little altruistic, but, you know, if, if I think at the core of myself, in the initial phases as all the changes were going on and, and I was probably doing the same thing in my head that a lot of people were, were doing, you know, I stayed for the people initially. And then now as I see and feel where we're taking this company, I can't help but be excited for the future of what we'll do together as an organization. And, and I'm really curious to see, you know, where we can, where we can go with this vision and this motivation that we've got going on right on yeah absolutely when you say it like that it's an amazing and exciting company to be a part of okay so actually you kind of brought this up in in your answer but there is a question here that is on the market so is there a market in canada that you think we haven't tapped into yet but should or is there a market that's underserved that we should get more into yeah i uh i i think the current events that we're going through bring light to a couple of different things. I, you know, I think there's a there's a challenge going on today that is probably a little bit under the radar for many of us around network resilience. I think that as more people are working in this distributed fashion now, which which may stick to some extent, I think we're going to continue to stress that digital infrastructure. And uh, it's upon us to really capture 
our space in that market and be something more than we've ever been. And I think we have all the tools uh, and capabilities to do it. We, but we need to harness those and be aggressive and really on the, on the offense to get in there and dominate the space. So, you know, I'm excited about that. That that's not just a Canadian comment either uh, about where I think things go you know, as, as this, the virus, uh, subsides, I think we'll see an adjustment in how people work and that's going to create a new requirement from a resiliency standpoint. Beyond that, you know, I, I believe that this is something we're trying to do as a company, but we've all got to put our shoulders behind. You know, I, I do believe that there is a different level of expectation around the future of the intelligence tied into our infrastructure, whether that's, you know, incorporating the Internet of Things and sensors and such to be collecting data so that we can manage our facilities better, we can make stronger database decisions, we can leverage AI in trending and adjusting how we're uh, operating. All of those things tie into incorporating a higher level of intelligent solutions into the the uh, the overall work that we do. You know, are we still going to need physical uh, water wastewater plants or um, transit operations? For sure, we will. But I I also think that that given where the world has come from a technology standpoint, it would be a real shame if uh, if we miss the opportunity. Uh, to incorporate that level of intelligence into the future of our infrastructure. You know, if you go back, you know, the, the start of my career, you know, we were walking around and, and this ages myself a little bit, but, you know, we were walking around with pagers. You had a landline uh, on your desk. Um, there were message slips like it, those things. None of those things exist. I mean, we're walking around with a computer in our pocket now. Mm, and yeah. I feel like many of our facilities, while our control systems have improved, we're still, you know, we're still working with a, a desk telephone rather than, you know, a smartphone, if, if you can follow that analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, maybe, too, even um, because of what's going on with this pandemic and across the board, the industry is being forced to work remotely. We are now more than ever going to need to invest in things like AI, because if I mean, we had it developed now, we would probably be in a different situation as far as like a business continuity standpoint comes from, because it wouldn't really matter if you were in the office operating something or at home. Yeah, if I if you think about it from a client standpoint, you know, one of the interesting things I learned in the oil and gas business was... Um, around the importance for those operations hubs and the control centers. You know, when we built a control center in a refinery, it was, you know, a blast-proof building that could withstand, you know, essentially anything that happened around it. It had, you know, positive pressure airflow so that, you know, noxious gases couldn't get in in the event that there was a leak outside the building. And I can't help but think that in the future, all of these things become more remote from where the mass of risk is uh, accumulated. So whether that's population center or, you know, an explosive environment like an oil refinery, I can't help but think that as technology develops, these things start to 
change in nature. Um, and there's an opportunity there to, to de-risk or to minimize risk for people tied into uh, that type of operation. And, and, you know, I do think as we come through the back end of this pandemic, we'll see government agencies looking in the mirror at some of the lessons we learned around preparedness or lack thereof, depending on where you are. And there'll be a move initially to, you know, up the game so to speak, and and be more ready for something like this in the future. Uh, At the same time, I think, you know, we should all be more cognizant about how we incorporate higher levels of technology into what we do every day, Um, even if it's not specifically focused on one thing. You know, it'd be such a mistake to come out of this and and basically pandemic-proof yourself um, and then the next time there's a global emergency, it's something completely different, right? You know, I, I think we need to be aware that if this was predictable, you know, movies mentioned earlier aside, if this was predictable, uh, then we would have been ready for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like nobody wanted this to catch anyone off guard, right? Yeah, absolutely. That even kind of puts a positive spin, I guess, on what is going on. Like it's something exciting that's going to come out of it to see all of the improvements and thought that's going to go into being ready for whatever, trying to get ourselves ready as much as we can for whatever may, may come next. Yeah, and I, I, I do think it will change the way we work, right? Um, you know, not just in our industry, but maybe on a global nature, we're all learning that we don't have to be down the hallway from each other each and every day. There is there is a certain benefit of being able to, you know, interact on a face-to-face level. And I think we have to remember that we are all people and, and we have some internal need for that. But at the same time, you know, I think we need to be open to the idea that with technology doing what it can today... And the level of connectivity we're all demonstrating, and and this isn't even industry-specific. The bulk of the world is working in a distributed fashion right now. And for the most part, it's working. We haven't blown up any systems. We haven't um, fully failed yet. There'll be a pressure test here as we spend more time doing this to see does like quality of work stay at a high level is our productivity as good as we hope it would be all of those things. But I, I think that, you know, we're all going to learn as we go through this, what the art of the possible really looks like in terms of what work feels like in the future. And, th- and that could be different than what we ever thought it was in the past. Yeah. yeah totally. And not just getting rid of, not just getting rid of like drawing boards and going to computers, but maybe fully reimagining what the workplace looks like. Yeah, honestly, I keep saying this every time I think about this as we're going to go forward and move on because we will and we will get through this. But I keep saying this myself, what a time to be alive, like what a time it is to actually be living through this and being part of the solution going forward. Interesting mix, isn't it? You have this mix of um, the unknown, which brings like stress and, and a lot of fear for people. Uh, at the same time that, you know, in, in the back of my mind, there's this level of excitement and anticipation for 
what could be when this is all over, when we're past all the terribleness of dealing with a global pandemic and the impact on people and the communities and, and those things, when we're all past that and we're, we're moving into the future together, what does it look like? And, and is it something really new and exciting? Did it take something like this to get us out of being stuck in our old ways? It's an interesting mix of emotions, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I'd say that uh, understatement. Um, okay, actually, that moves me nicely to the next question. So with everything going on in the world today, how do you stay focused and motivated to push through and stay on track, both personally and as the region's leader? Yeah, I'll start in my professional life. You know, the real motivation for me is the people, right? When I, I try to put myself into the shoes of, you know, the person who doesn't have the option to work remotely or distributed from their team. Um, I try to think about the person who's got something, you know, going on really in a difficult way in their home life and connect that back with making decisions and trying to be ahead of the game in terms of preemptively dealing with issues within the business so that we can serve them better, right? And that that means, you know, in the early days, it was very much trying to uh, anticipate what was coming next. How did we make good decisions to try and protect our people from exposure, etc.? Now we're in this place where, you know, we, we've, for the most part, got the business fully distributed, working remotely from each other, thinking now about how do I ensure that they have what they need to be safe and healthy and productive in their jobs, even though they're, they're doing it from a different place now, and looking hard at the future of the business and trying to stay ahead of the wave so that we can look after people as we go through this. And, and that means you know, trying to protect people's jobs, trying to understand what the client dynamic is going to look like in a couple of months, considering what things could change in the business, uh, you know, as, as the world evolves, you know, how do I stay motivated? It's really driven by the thought of those people. And, you know, I, I take it really personally, the health and well-being of our people, and I include in the well-being the sense of safety that they have around, you know, their employment and their futures. And that's, you know, it's a tough time for that. We're seeing a lot of people in really difficult places right now. You know, on a, on a personal note, I'm watching my brother manage a small business through um, what is a, a really challenging time. He doesn't have, you know, the, the type of backlog and assets that we do as an organization. So his decisions are, are a different type of decision than we make. And, you know, I think about him all the time when I'm when I think about the overall economic impact of this. There's a couple of different layers to it. There's the large businesses that are trying to come through this and come through, you know, in a way that sets yourself up for success in the future and make good decisions that support that. There's governmental organizations that are, you know, really focused on how do they make good decisions to protect the overall health and well-being of their citizens. And, and then there's uh, an entire group of entrepreneurs and business owners that are, you know, really in a fight for survival. And, you know, depending on what you do and where you do it, that may be more challenging for you than for others. And, and 
like I said, my, my motivation to get up early and stay up late and probably work too much as I go through this is, is really trying to get out ahead of the things that could impact our folks. On a personal note, I really attempt to take myself back to some of the things that put a smile on my face when, you know, when times were normal, right? So, you know, I travel a lot in my normal working life past here and coming home on a Friday night and being greeted at the door by my dogs is uh, is a cool thing. So it's been a long time since I've been able to be home on a steady basis, you know, as long as I have now. In fact, I, I can't remember the last time uh, I've not traveled for this long. It's kind of neat to be able to go out for a walk or go sit on the deck and and do those types of things. Plus, I, I find, and I'm, I'm sure other people are as well, you know, a lot of old friends are maybe becoming more well-connected than we ever have been. Uh, group online chat virtual happy hour last week with a group of friends that probably hasn't all been in the same place in 30 years or something. You know, that was pretty interesting. Technology supported it. I won't say it was highly productive, but uh, <laughs> but there were a lot of laughs and... Uh, and and I think we all enjoyed each other's company, even though we were, were all scattered in the wind. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. You're dating yourself a little, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been a long time since this group of friends did not see each other very often. Okay, uh, switch it up a little bit. If you could improve on one thing as a region or a company, what would it be? You know, I I think as an industry, at times, we are too stuck in old solutions. And when I say that, I mean, we get very hung up on this is how we have always done it. And and that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, we're not using the latest treatment technology in a water plant or that type of thing. But when it comes to, you know, process or the type of engagement or delivery strategy amongst the team, you know, those kind of things can get pretty stale. I do think that this infrastructure industry has pockets of brilliance, but I also think we're very slow to adapt. And whether that's the industry adapting to, you know, a new approach or, you know, our team adapting to a different way of thinking about a market or organizationally finding our way to adapt to this, to bringing the, the highest intelligence solutions to the field of play. Change is hard, and self-induced change is probably more difficult, right? So what we're dealing with now with working in a distributed fashion, in some ways, is easier because it's forced upon you. If you were trying to motivate 55,000-person company to say, listen, as of next week, all of you are going to be working remotely. You'd be laughed out of the room if it wasn't for a pandemic. Yeah, very true. Right? So so externally driven change is often far easier, right? And we see it in our teams where like, well, a client wants it this way. You know, well, what how, how do you how do you create change in that environment? It's hard. I I think that if I could change one thing, it would be, you know, our willingness to embrace the good change and embody that early rather than resist it just for the sake of staying the way it has been. And, and that probably says a little bit about my personality. I, I know I tend to be 
on the faster pace end of things when it comes to embracing change and and getting on with co- what comes next and figuring out how to deal with it and and that's not always the right answer but you know if I could change that one thing it would probably be that so I guess that also kind of leads to this next one why is a regional leadership team spread out across the country yeah there's multiple ways to do this right I, I think you know there's the model where you have a coalesced leadership team in one office and you know you wake up in the morning and we can all go and have a coffee together and be completely on the same page as we walk out of a morning coffee break and i've worked in that environment before the other model that, that we have today is a distributed leadership model which means the regional team is spaced all across the country well let let me put it this way we're probably a little less efficient at internal alignment in the regional team for the sake of being more available for the wider team across the country. So if we were all sitting in one office together, we'd be great for each other, but we would be less effective for the bigger team that is spread out across multiple time zones, five-hour flights apart from each other. We'd be less connected with the teams doing you know, I hope nobody takes offense to this, doing the real work. Either way works. It's just um, there's a decision to be made there. And, you know, different people see it different ways. And certainly I've seen it work both ways. And now I think more than any time, your ability to work in a distributed fashion today during the, the pandemic demonstrates that, you know, as a team, you should be able to function from all corners Right. I think also a difference maybe between our region, and I'm putting air quotes around that compared to other regions within Jacobs, is that we are a country and we are a giant geography. We have so many people that are spread out across so many different miles. That also helps to have the team spread out as well. Yeah, our, you know, our landmass in Canada is as big as the lower 48. Interestingly, population is less than California. You know, it's difficult to juggle that balance of massive span of distance um, with one singular leadership team. And, and part of what goes through my mind is that the least number of people that need to do what I do and bounce all the way across the country, the better. So the closer we can get to you know, people being able to be local and available to chat with staff, to go and sit in on a strategy review for a pursuit or participate in a project stewardship meeting, the better, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thanks. No, thank you. Thanks for facilitating. All right. I hope you enjoyed the Q&A session again today with Adriana and... Have a great week. We'll be back to your regular scheduled podcasting next Monday. Take care of yourselves.